Hello, my name is Flick Beckett and welcome to The Love of Cinema, a Picturehouse podcast proudly sponsored by Kia, the champion of independent cinema nationwide. On today's show, we are thrilled to be chatting with Leslie Manville on playing Ada Harris, the eponymous hero of Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Mom's away. Mrs. Harris, what would I do without you? Mrs. Harris is the soul of discretion. One would never know she'd been, but for the polish on my knobs. That's what we are, Vi, the invisible women. Kiss me once, kiss me twice, then kiss me once again. Isn't it divine? 500 pounds. 500 quid for a dress? When I put it on, nothing else matters. My Eddie would love to see me in a Dior gown. War's been over a long time. Your Eddie's never coming back. Hi, Leslie. Hi. Thank you for joining us on the Picture House podcast. Great. Thank you. <laughs> so we are discussing the delightful Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, in which you play the indomitable Ada Harris. Mm. Can you tell me how you came to play this wonderful character and who she is for you? Well, um, it was sent to me in the fairly usual way, but a little bit roundabout because I I knew um, Rima Horton, who was one of the executive producers involved with it. So she gave me the heads up that it was going to come my way. And it did. And uh, I hadn't read the novel. So it was all new to me. And, you know, it, it appealed to me hugely. I mean, this is a script that came to me in 2019, I think, or maybe even a bit before that, maybe 2018. And so I had no, we had no idea that this pandemic was going to happen and that we were going to come out the other side and really need a film like, um, like Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris because it's so unashamedly feel good and it's, it's wonderful escapism and such a lovely story about um, a really good woman who's, who's sweet and kind and funny and that the audience is really rooting for. So it appealed to me also on a, you know, on a career structure level, you know, it's nice to mix things up and not always play the same class or type of character. So obviously this was ticking a lot of boxes for me because I hadn't, I hadn't played somebody quite as nice as Ada since um, playing Kathy in Mum, which is a BBC series that I uh, had done some years ago. So, yeah, all things were pointing towards me, me playing her, really. And also, um, the director Anthony Fabian describes the film as magical realism. And I, I, I love that. And I wonder if that was part of the appeal, the appeal, sorry, that she's, it's very, it's a very conscious fairy tale in essence, in some ways, mm. but grounded in quite harsh reality, which is very unexpected. Yes. Well, I think it need. I think you're spot on with that description, and I. But I think it, and I think it requires that. Otherwise, it would be the type of film I probably wouldn't want to be in. You know, it would be too saccharine and too um, superficial um, and silly. You know, I, it would annoy me. Uh, uh, what is interesting about Ada is that her life is very difficult and very. Uh, you know, she's struggling, widow, post-war Britain. So, uh, it, and so she has to be, I had to create somebody that you completely and utterly believed that she had that life. And once you get the audience believing that she has this life, you know, you see her going to work, you see that she's very conscientious, she's very trustworthy. 
she delights people wherever she goes with her openness and her honesty. She has good friends, you know, real good, strong, proper friendships. You've got to create that. And then you can, you can have her doing this slightly fantastical thing with this notion that she has that she doesn't want 500 pounds being a barrier for her to get herself a Dior gown. And it becomes, you know, the film becomes a kind of metaphor for why she wants the dress, what it means to her, the importance of, in whatever capacity we do in our lives, um, striving for something that we may at first think is unreachable and using the honesty that you, her honesty is what flavors the film in such a particular way because everybody she comes across is kind of stuck. They're not her friends in London, but the, the Parisians she meets. They're sort of stuck in this image of how they think the world should be seeing them. And it's preventing them from moving forwards as people as, uh, and having the lives they really truly want. Well, no, so Ada becomes the sort of catalyst for their change. Because she, she almost is like an alien that lands among them. You know, and I love the fact that she doesn't adapt her cool blimey phrasing or anything. It's like, eat up duck, you know, and- no, She's absolutely secure as to who she is. And she's got no embarrassment about being who she is in the house of Dior. Because as far as Ada's concerned, why shouldn't she be in the house of Dior? And she's absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, those, those passions, those feelings, those political feelings in her absolutely resonate with me. I'm a working class girl, um, it, 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 but it, it, you know, I, it's had no barrier to me becoming what I've wanted to become. And it shouldn't, anybody should be allowed to do anything. Uh, I mean, we're living more in a climate like that now. It's still not easy, but you know, back then it was kind of, and the social structures as well were so, yes, they still exist, don't get me wrong, but they were so rigid then mm. that it was unheard of for a cleaning woman dressed like that to be allowed into a highfalutin Dior couture fashion show in Paris. Well, exactly. But I think that's part of the sort of the fantas fantastical nature of it, even though it is absolutely right that Ada be allowed into this institution. But what I liked, what I took from it was this kind of political allegory, if you like, for the fact that the French recognized her as a moral archetype. And if you walk into these institutions that would say no in one respect, you are actually meeting people. There is a humanity beyond the structure. That's right. That's the only way Ada sees it. Mm. Everybody is, well, they're a person. Yes. You know, it goes back to Shakespeare and the Merchant of Venice. It goes, we're people. You, you've still got a, grieve, a grieving heart is a grieving heart. Yes. Whoever you are. And she can see that Madame Colbert, who Isabel Huppert plays so brilliantly, she can see that she's a bleeding heart. That this woman's in, has got a pain in her life. And she finds out what that, that pain and that difficulty is. 
but she 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 does it to everyone but not in some kind of guru type i'm going to come and sort out your lives you know not in some sort of hippie kind of you know just leave it with me it's it's her it's what she does to other people they see her honesty and her truth and her openness and it's like a mirror they then go i don't really live my life like that maybe i should because then i could not be embarrassed I could do what I want to do I could although I'm only the accountant I could ask the model out because clearly we like each other it's she becomes this great catalyst for everybody let's go somewhere new see worlds we've never seen before so that we can feel inspired whether you're sitting in a cinema or in one of our cars, inspiration comes when we feel something new. That's why our electrified range is designed to take you on inspiring journeys. Kia, proud supporter of independent cinema. Kia, movement that inspires. And also I thought it wasn't so much about revolution, even though France was definitely much, very much on the verge of a social revolution. I, the feeling I had, especially for Ada as well, was like, no, this is about dignity. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, and in Ada's world, everybody should have dignity. Well, it doesn't matter, you know, the, the tramp she meets has a dignity and she, affords him dignity as well. Absolutely, and then she needs to remind the people like the Countess that she works for. You know, I love yeah. that scene where you stand up and say, I want my money and you, you've got to give it to me by next Friday. Yes, yeah, yeah, because I mean, yeah, that, that whole thing of you can have something from me for nothing and not, not do the straightforward very basic honorable thing which is pay me yes i'm doing and meanwhile she's looking at this woman who's got a 500 pound dior dress sitting on her bed you know it it's of course it's it's she's she, the, the moral barometer with uh, with ada is runs very high yes and i think that that's that archetype is what people recognize so whether you're speaking in a sort of slightly cockney accent that french people might not normally understand that doesn't matter it's the energy and it's the that's right attitude that I, mean, I love it when she's at dior and she and they're wanting to turn her away and then the marquis who eventually takes her in as his guest she he watches her get out these rolls of money <laughs> you know she's just got honest cash not credit she's got cash in her pocket yes and and sweet and touching and then the the Lucas Bravo's character Andre the accountant he's looking on thinking we need this we need this cash we we haven't got enough people and actually the truth is that Dior was going through a difficult time then and it was only when they opened up Dior by selling perfume and makeup so that every woman could afford to have a bit of Dior in their life that the tide financially turned for them. Yes, that, that exclusivity. And I think it's such, a, it's such a shame that it's such a prescient message, but it's still very much needed. You know, the, you know, the <clears throat> division between rich and poor is, yes. is still so, so strong. Yes, yeah. So she's such a refreshing 
character, but she's not goody goody. You know, you no. that's the balance. You can't go, oh God Almighty, oh, she's so kind of nah, 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 nah. yeah. You can't be like that with her at all because no. you've got you've got to. You know, there's a lot of film at the beginning. There's a lot of film before you get to Paris. Yes, and that that is earned because you've got to you've got to fall in love with her. You've got to like her. You've got to see her as this little Duracell battery who's not going to give up. Definitely. And um, the supporting cast, I mean, I loved all the women, like you and Isabelle Huppert as Madame Corbett and Ellen Thomas-Violet, three brilliant, strong women that have been through the war, that have been through so much. I mean, what what a great cast to be amongst. Can you talk to me about these other women? (laughs) Oh, well, I know. It's just, you know... I, I, there are great men actors, undoubtedly, and I've worked with some of the best, but because as women, we understand what it's taken to get where we are. And also, you know, Isabel and Ellen, you know, women of, we're all of an age where we know that we've come up through the, through this industry, you know, we've come up with, um, juggling you know children that whole thing that you have to do and when I see a woman like Ellen and a woman like Isabel come onto the floor on a film set and they just go into fifth gear and you just want to go into fifth gear with them because it's just thrilling it's it's really thrilling and you feel it you feel it in the audience you know you know really especially as women like you say that there's more to these characters than just what you're seeing on the screen you know there is that's right I mean not it's not just those characters it's it it's you know it's the actors is the it's it's the lifetime that's lived yes you know what we've been through I mean you know we've been going through it for centuries it Mm. kind of feels like god it's a it's been a centuries long battle for women to get where they are today and for a woman of my age to be leading a film that is gonna that is doing well in the box office you know it it's taken ages you know we look back and we see all these films that was you know it was men men man leading him yeah I love men I think they're great I like them but it's just the battle for us has been so great that when you end up with two great women like that, it, you, you you sort of feel the weight of the history behind it. You do. You absolutely do. Leslie, thank you so much for joining us on the Picture House podcast. I loved Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Good. We're going to be playing in all our cinemas. So oh, my God, I'm so cinemas. glad I do <laughs> love the Picture House chain. I really love it. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Lovely to talk to you. And you. Have a great day. Bye.